Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Vibe Radio. Can we call it Vibe Radio in 2021? I don't think so. We're going to stick with Vibrancy Radio. (laughs) Anyways, I am Chelsea Eithoven, and I am so happy to have you here. If it is your first time, then welcome. If it is not your first time and you've been enjoying this podcast, you listen in every week, then I would like to ask a favor of you. If you could just pause the podcast right now, or you don't even have to pause it, but just pop into your, wherever you're listening to this, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and leave me a rating and review. And if you're not already, subscribe. And this helps me so much, and it really helps me to continue to deliver high quality, free content to you, and also so that the word can get out there and more people can listen in. And I thank you so much. Let's dive into what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so I have been starting the last few episodes with things that I've been loving, and I've really been enjoying doing that. It's just fun because I just get to talk to you about a couple things that I am enjoying at the moment. So I want to tell you the thing that I have been loving recently, and actually I have been loving this for pretty much all of 2020, and that is Sculpt Society. I may have talked about it before on here. I'm not sure yet, but I definitely haven't gone in detail. And um, it it begs, what's the word? What am I trying to say? It it should be mentioned again. (laughs) So uh, what is Sculpt Society? It is an online fitness membership. um, And I just think the workouts are so much fun. So at the beginning of quarantine, I was trying all kinds of new memberships because lots of places were giving out free memberships or discounted memberships. So I tried all kinds of things. I tried Bar 3. I did the Peloton app for a while. I don't have a Peloton, but I just did their body weight workouts and things like that. And one of the things that I discovered in that time was Sculpt Society. And okay, so basically the best way I can think to describe it is if Pilates and bar and dance cardio all kind of combined in one, then that's what Sculpt Society is. But I just find that the moves are really unique and different from anything I've ever done before. And it really targets your your glutes in a different way, kind of like that bar type of burn where you're doing small moves repetitively over and over and over again. But I get legitimately sore from these workouts and I just think they're really fun. And the the girl who does them, her name is Megan Roop, the girl who created Sculpt Society. She's this really fun 
music. It's just really enjoyable. So if you're looking for some kind of at-home workout to give a try, maybe you could give Sculpt Society a shot. So, um, and as always, nothing on this podcast is sponsored. Um, I'm not sponsored by anyone. So every recommendation that I give is truly just me trying to share with you things that I enjoy. Maybe one day I'll be sponsored by something or someone. Maybe I'm going to manifest that. Maybe I should work towards it. I don't know. What do you think? Would you guys like some discounts and stuff? That'd be fun, right? (laughs) So let's talk about today's topic. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about today why I am no longer eating healthy. And I'm going to be honest with you, this title was not really accurate. (laughs) It was kind of a little ruse because before we get started, I just want to let you know, I'm not insinuating that I'm throwing away all my broccoli. I am not going to just be eating Oreos and pizza from here on out. I'll be eating the same way that I always eat, eating the same foods that I always eat, lots of vegetables, lots of protein, lots of carbohydrates, and also a sprinkle of Oreos and wine and bread and all that stuff that we may think is quote unquote unhealthy, right? So I'll be eating the same, but what I meant by the title of this podcast is I will no longer be referring to foods as healthy or unhealthy. So this podcast is actually more about language than it is what I'm going to be eating. Surprise! <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to bring this topic to your attention for two reasons. Because referring to foods as healthy or unhealthy is number one, inaccurate, and number two, harmful. And I'll be honest, I have been, it's been a really long time since I've used words like cheating on my diet, right? Or cheating when referring to food versus referring to infidelity or cheating on a test. Um, I don't really use words like cheating or eating bad foods. I don't do that anymore. And I'm proud to say that I haven't for a long time. But I do still use the words healthy and unhealthy sometimes to describe food. And here is why. is because I it's just kind of easy, right? I've always been like, oh, people will understand what I mean when I say healthy or unhealthy. But, you know, it's not accurate. And I feel like now is the time to change, right? We're in a new year. It's time to flip over a new leaf and not just take the easy way out anymore. Because that's truthfully what I've been doing by using the words healthy and unhealthy to describe foods. Something else I've been using a lot is the word treat. So basically, I've just replaced the word cheat with the word treat, which is like without a doubt, a better way to describe it, right? It's much more positive, it feels better, has positive connotations, but I still don't really like that either. It still is putting foods into a category of like, I'm eating healthy and now I'm having my treat. So in 2021, I'm even nixing that kind of language. This is going to be hard because every program I've run thus far, every client I've had, this is how I've referred to food. And I just want to put a little caveat here, a little side note for you that I, just like you, always reserve the right to change your mind 
if and when you want to. You reserve the right to grow and evolve as a human and change, okay? And that's one thing that's kind of been hard for me about this is that like, I'm like, all right, well, right now I'm running the Vibrancy Guide and we've talked about treat meals, not treat meals, but treat foods and how to incorporate those into your lifestyle. And now I'm having to figure out how to rework that because I just don't find it to be accurate. So again, before we dive into the reasons why I'm no longer calling foods healthy or unhealthy, I just want to emphasize the fact that I'm not insinuating you throw all your veggies away. (laughs) And if you clicked on this podcast, maybe that's what you thought it was going to be about. Maybe you knew I was tricking you. I don't know. But I am insinuating that you throw away the drama about food and the language that causes more drama around food and your relationship with food. Okay? Okay, so let's talk about why I'm making this choice and why I have actually been wanting to make this switch for a really long time, but I haven't yet. So like I mentioned before, for two main reasons, I am no longer using this kind of verbiage to describe food. Number one, it's inaccurate. And number two, it's harmful. So let's talk about how it's inaccurate. So I've been using this kind of this kind of language to talk about food for a long time, as has the entire industry of health and fitness, right? And again, I was just like, oh, people will understand what I mean because it's so commonly used, right? Um, and a big part of my the programs that I've created, specifically the Vibrancy Guide, is that we are incorporating these quote-unquote unhealthy foods and these quote-unquote treat foods into the program and learning how to have a better relationship with them, how to eat them in moderation, how to how to not be so afraid of them, right? But I really think that the language that I'm using and continuing to use is diluting that point, right? It's such a cop-out to just say that it's easier to say healthy and unhealthy foods. And the truth is health is really nuanced, And as humans, we don't like things to be nuanced. We like it to be as simple as possible. But the truth is, it's not simple. It's really not simple when it comes to putting things in categories like healthy and unhealthy. So I'm going to stop pretending it is for the sake of ease. The brain, the human brain, really likes to label things and put it in a box. Like you can imagine your brain, there's just like somebody in there kind of tidying up and organizing your brain and putting things in a box. Oh, this is good. This is bad. This is a yes. This is a no. This is healthy. This is unhealthy. It makes it easier for us to categorize. It makes us easier for us to process things. But the truth is the world is not as simple as our brains would like it to be, right? I mean, just look at the movies that we consume and the the media, right? Most, in a lot of movies, there's always a clear good guy and a bad guy, right? And we like the good guy, we're rooting for the good guy, and we don't like the bad guy. We're like waiting for his demise, or he's trying to create the demise of the good guy. But if we look at real life, right, and our we love media, we love watching these kinds of movies. It's so fun for us to enjoy, and that's part of why, is like that's like appealing to that part of our brain, Right? But in real life, this isn't really true, right? Can you think of people in your life that are, you know, close people in your life that you put in categories of good guy or bad guy? 
I mean, don't answer that. Maybe, maybe you do. <laughs> but it's not really true, right? In real life, the bad guy probably just needs some therapy to deal with his shit, okay? He probably just has some things. Like, we all have things. The good guy has things he's got to deal with. The bad guy has things he's got to deal with. And they just handle it in different ways. AKA, there is no good guy or bad guy. Everyone has a story. And every food has a story, too. You know? You know what I'm saying? So what do I mean when I say that there's not really any healthy foods? A lot of you listening to this, your brain is firing off all kinds of reasons of like, what is she talking about? There are clearly healthy foods and unhealthy foods, aka there are clearly foods that create better health and foods that do not create better health, right? I am going to disagree with that. So I actually took the time to Google, I know so much time, but I took the time to Google what is the definition of healthy in the dictionary or Google. So we're talking about healthy foods here, right? And how it's an inaccurate statement. The definition of healthy is, are you ready for it? It's very complex, in good health. That's it in good health. So of course, then I wanted more detail. So I googled the word health. Very serious research here, right? <laughs> but just for the sake of, because this this whole podcast is about language and how language affects how we perceive things, I did some googling of definitions, okay? All right. So the definition of health is the state of being free of illness or injury. I'm going to repeat it. The state of being free of illness or injury. Right now, I am healthy according to that definition. I am free of illness and injury. And by the way, I want to brag real quick because I used to get sick all the time, like all the time. And I have only been sick one time in 2020. Which may be easy to say, you know, yeah, we've been wearing masks and we've been isolating and all this stuff and now I work from home. Um, but I also want to say in 2019, I, I didn't track how many times I got sick, but I would be willing to say it was also probably one and maybe two and whatever it was, I, like there was never any kind of serious illness. Um I was completely like it was probably like a quick little cold that went away within a couple days. Uh, and I attribute all of that to my mental health and really cleaning up my mental and emotional health and taking care of my whole being and not just focusing on quote unquote healthy foods. But that was a side rant. We always got to have one of those at least in this podcast, right? Okay, so let's go back to the definition of health. You know, got off on a tangent. So the definition of health is a state of being free of illness or injury. Now, before that you tell me, and I, because a lot of you might be thinking, well, hello, obesity causes health risks and health and illnesses, right? Right. Well, while that's partially true that obesity can create health risks and illnesses, no one food causes obesity, not pizza, not donuts not Oreos, not cheese, not bread. No one food causes obesity. What causes obesity? Overeating on a consistent basis. Eating more calories than your body requires on a consistent basis. Even if you are overeating 
healthy, quote-unquote, healthy foods, such as avocados, oatmeal, um, I don't know, those are just two, like, not super low-calorie foods that I can think of that people think are, quote-unquote, healthy, right? So I think some of you, that might be an alarm bell that you're like, well, these foods cause obesity, and therefore they're unhealthy. But that's not really true. No one food causes obesity, right? Because if we're talking about pizza, if you're eating pizza in a balanced like way where you're you're practicing moderation, then you're not over you're not over consuming calories and therefore you're not going to become obese. Does that make sense to everyone? And another thing that I thought might come up, um some concerns that might come up is that you know, people say that sugar causes diabetes. So obviously that is a bad food. That's unhealthy, right? Things that are low in sugar are healthy. This is also inaccurate, right? And don't, please, sugar police, please don't come after me. I have lots of podcasts on this where I talk about sugar, talk about um, kind of the different how studies have been skewed and cherry-picked to make sugar look like such a bad guy But what the truth is, is that an overconsumption of sugar can absolutely result in negative health effects. Absolutely can cause diabetes and and other things, you know. But it's not sugar in general. Sugar eaten in moderation does not cause that. It's an overconsumption of it. Are you catching the pattern? Overeating foods, overconsumption of sugar. These are the things that cause negative health effects. So as I've said many times, the poison is in the dose. And every time I say that, I just want to make sure and make it very clear that I'm not calling any food poison. That's to get a point across is that the poison is in the dose. Um, The amount of these things that we're eating matters, right? So it's not so much about a certain food being healthy or unhealthy, but overconsumption of certain things, yes, I will I will give that to you, can be unhealthy. But calling certain foods unhealthy, I think unhealthy or healthy, um, is I think a very inaccurate way to describe food. And also, another side note about how this is inaccurate, avoiding all unhealthy foods and only eating healthy foods is actually an illness in itself called orthorexia, okay? It is an eating disorder where you only consume things that you think are healthy. And I did not look up that definition, so that's not exactly accurate. If you want the exact definition of orthorexia um, or more information on that, definitely look that up on your own. So being quote-unquote healthy, in fact, does not have to do with eating or not eating one specific food. Therefore, I find it an inaccurate way to describe food. I eat all kinds of foods and I am free of injury and illness, therefore I am healthy. (laughs) Now, let's talk about why this is happening and why it's so prominent in our fitness industry, in our health industry. Healthy and foods that are healthy is actually all about the marketing. There is no real standard for what's healthy. It's all in our perception. So sure, some foods have more nutrients than others, right? But the correct terminology for that would be nutrient-dense, not healthy. 
right? And sure, some foods have less calories than others. Those, the correct terminology for those will be low calorie or some people call them high volume food, which is also an accurate way to describe them, right? These are accurate terminologies that are not putting some kind of label or judgment on the food because it's true that they're low calorie or they're that nutrient dense or that they're high volume foods, meaning there's for a smaller amount of calories, there's a larger volume of the food, something like cauliflower rice versus regular rice. Um, There's less calories in a larger volume of cauliflower rice and more nutrients, right? But people would call cauliflower rice healthier than regular rice. And again, don't find that accurate. So what's actually happening here is a lot of health washing, especially in our grocery stores and like, and even restaurants are catching on. Um, And there's a lot of health washing going on these days. And it's now actually really hard to tell what is nutrient dense, what is low calorie, right? So what is health washing? Health washing is a term, this is also directly from the Google, lots of important research going on in this podcast episode. Health washing is a term used to describe the activities of companies and groups that position themselves as leaders in the crusade for good health while engaging in practices that may be contributing to poor health. Again, straight from Google, I am so professional, I know it. But basically, it's like the glorifying of the health of certain foods that are nutritionally almost identical to their non-health washed counterparts. So some examples that I could think of is like that little section of the snack aisle that's like the organic versions or the gluten-free versions. I'm using my quote fingers. Um, So like the organic Oreos, right? Or the gluten-free wheat thins. If you don't have a gluten intolerance, there is no health benefit for you of eating something gluten-free. But you're going to eat it and you're going to be like, wow, look, I'm eating the healthy version of it. There's nothing that's going to help your health (laughs) because you don't have a gluten intolerance. So your body is just going to take it in. And I know people will argue with that. That's fine. That's okay. We can have different opinions. Some other examples of health-washed foods are like protein bars that will have, like I've literally looked at protein bars and they have four grams of protein. I'm sorry. Mm, That's just not, that's not a protein bar, okay? Like literally four grams of protein and it'll be the same nutrition facts as a Snickers, but it's a protein bar. That's like an example of something that's health washed. And I'm not saying all protein bars are this way, um, but a lot are. And, you know, so it's important to understand what you're really looking at and not just being swayed by what's quote unquote healthy and especially by what's quote unquote healthy at the moment, right? Because in the 90s, low fat was quote unquote healthy and now low carb is quote unquote healthy. So it's like an ever changing target. So you just can't win. You know, another example of a health health washed food is like acai bowls. So yes, these have lots of nutrients. These are nutrient dense because they have lots of beautiful fresh veg or not vegetables, fruits in them. But a lot of them have like more sugar than a big ass milkshake. So if you're avoiding milkshakes and like obsessing about not eating milkshakes because of the sugar content, but you're eating an acai bowl, it kind of, you know, it kind of, 
kind of um, defeats the purpose. <laughs> it's pretty much all of these foods that are health washed are pretty much the wolf from the Three Little Pigs story that we all know, right? Um, it's just this big, scary wolf. Not this big, scary wolf. I won't say that. But it's something that's disguising itself from us, right? It's not showing its true colors. It's not, you know, it's just not being honest. And that's why I don't really agree with the words healthy and unhealthy anymore to describe food. Basically, they're just foods with a really good PR team, okay? Okay. And one side note, while I'm talking about health-washed foods, there's no need to be scared of these foods. My problem with them isn't the level of nutrient density or, or anything like that, the nutrition facts. My problem with them is that they're misleading and they're continuing to a level of misinformation on a mass scale. It's really confusing to the average person person who's not obsessed with nutrition like I am. <laughs> um, and it shouldn't be impossible to feed ourselves in a healthy, balanced way and have a healthy relationship with food at the same time. But yet, it's more confusing than it ever has been. And we also have more access to information than we ever have been. So than we ever have had. So it doesn't make sense that we're just making things more confusing for ourselves. Another quick point about how it's inaccurate to call foods healthy or unhealthy is because a lot of times we're equating the word healthy with being skinny. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to dive in deep on this. Um, you know, but a lot of people, when most people say they're going to get healthy in the new year, they're going to get healthy for 2021, for most people, they're, what they mean is they're going to get skinny. They're like, no, I'm going to get thin. Don't really care how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get thinner. Thin does not equal healthy. And therefore, foods that are lower calorie and whatnot aren't necessarily healthy foods. Does this make sense? Again, I'm not going to touch on this topic too much, but like what individuals need to get to the point where they are considered healthy, which is, again, free of illness and injury, completely varies. And no one food gets to claim they have the power to do that when health is so individual. Some people, in order to achieve a healthy status, need to gain weight. Some people need to lose weight. And some people need to do things that have absolutely nothing to do with their weight. And I will just say this one more time. Mental health is so big. Oh my gosh. I know some of you think I'm crazy by saying my cleaning up my mental health has drastically improved my immune system and helped me not get sick as much. But I really, really, really believe that. And I see the correlation. And maybe I could do another podcast on that because I'm about to go off on a tangent and I'm trying not to do that. Okay, let's move on. So we know that calling foods healthy and unhealthy is inaccurate. Not only that, but it's also harmful. Why is it harmful? It's harmful because it causes unnecessary fear and stress, especially for people with food insecurity whom don't have a lot of control over the quality of food that they get to eat every day, right? Like these people, how stressful is that if you can't really, most of us are, most of you listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume are fortunate enough to have options for what you eat, right, is mostly your choice. I am one of those people. I get to go to the grocery store and decide what I want to eat. A lot of times we forget not everyone has that luxury, right? People with food insecurity do not get that luxury. They 
eat what they have available. And a lot of those people are also getting the same messaging that you are about certain foods that are healthy and unhealthy. So how do you think that feels for them? And how do you think that impacts their mental health when they're getting the message that the foods that they eat are unhealthy for them, causing them obesity and disease, but it's all they have available. And yet food is sustenance for life. So they're like, well, what other choice do I have to just not eat it? Right? So it's harmful in that way. Um, But... I'm not going to, again, all these topics I could dive so far into, but I want to talk about psychology real quick. Of course, I love talking about psychology, but I want to talk about why is it that this conundrum that many of you have probably experienced, and that is the fact that when we tell ourselves we can't have something, we want it 10 times more. Have you ever experienced this? Right? Like right now, I just got a flashback. Oh my God. I just got a flashback to... One of the times that I did the Whole30, by the way, I only did it all the way through one time, Um, 10 out of 10 would not recommend, (laughs) made me so obsessed with sugar. But again, everybody's individual. It might be your jam. You might need it to find out insensitivities. Um, I did find out some things that I was sensitive to, some foods that I was sensitive to. So there are some positives. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Whatever, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so why is it that when we tell ourselves we can't have something, we want it 10 times more, right? AKA, when you call certain foods healthy and unhealthy, you're telling yourselves you can't have the unhealthy food, right? Even if you're saying like, oh, most of the time or whatever, you're still kind of drawing a line in the sand by using that language, right? So why is it that it makes you want it so much more when you say that, right? Like all you can think of now is the pizza and the french fries. It is because of your beautiful human brain. Psychology, da 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 I need sound effects. (laughs) So we are creatures of evolution. The only reason that you are here listening to this podcast and I am here recording this podcast is because our ancestors had the wits and the fears to survive in the brutal world of the Paleolithic era. They survived predators coming after them. They survived disease. They survived it all. And they procreated and the story continued. You know, you get it. So I want you to take a moment to transport yourself back in time to that Paleolithic era. If there was something back then that you perceived as bad or dangerous, say a big cat like a lion or a cougar, um... Lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, that wanted to eat you and was like kind of prowling around you. What would you do, right? This thing that is quote unquote bad. Dangerous equals bad. Again, our brains likes things very simple. So what would you do? There's something that's dangerous and bad looming in the area. What would you do? You would pay attention to it, right? For the love of God, you certainly wouldn't just forget about it because your survival depends on it, right? You need to pay attention to it and you need to not take your eyes off of it until it is no longer in the vicinity, right? So this is how our brain has evolved. It has evolved to if there's something that we are perceiving in our mind as bad, quote unquote bad, is in the same category as unhealthy, right? We're saying unhealthy foods, bad foods, whatever. Danger, bad, causing bad health. Um, You are going to pay attention to it 
so much more. So fast forward to today, your brain has evolved with this mechanism for your survival. So when you call something bad, off limits, unhealthy, whatever you want to call it, all the same thing, right? You have now given your brain a really, really, really good reason to obsess over said thing because your brain is like, oh, bad, dangerous, must pay attention to it. On a logical level, it doesn't make sense, but when you break it down that way and you understand the human brain, you can see how the things that you are trying to do, that you are implementing to trying to improve your health are actually not having that effect, right? So when you label foods healthy or unhealthy, not only are you causing yourself to obsess over those unhealthy off-limit foods, you're also creating drama that isn't necessary because remember, it's not accurate. So fun, right? So fun what we do to ourselves as humans in 2021 and 2020 and just, I don't know. <laughs> um. So anyways, <laughs> I'm... Mm. One more reason that it's harmful to call call foods healthy and unhealthy is because most of the time when we think a food is unhealthy, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to stop eating it, right? Do you say a food is unhealthy and you never, ever eat it again? I don't think so. Most of us don't do that, right? Most of us eat it anyways. (laughs) Like, I can't tell you how many times visiting family members for Christmas, I heard, Oh, I'm being so bad. Oh my gosh, I'm cheating. It's a cheat day, right? I'm being so bad. Yada, yada. They're just, you're still eating the food, but you're calling yourself bad and saying that you're cheating. Does that feel good to you to say that you're bad or to quote unquote cheat? Not usually, at least not to me. I don't know. Maybe some people out there who are like into the rebellion thing. You know, I'm into the rebellion thing. I'm rebellious and I'm not even into that. Like, it doesn't feel good all around because when I'm calling a food bad, it just doesn't feel good. So drop the guilt. And today I'm not really going to get into how negative thoughts affect our results, but I think maybe someday soon we're going to talk about that on the podcast. So We've talked about why calling foods healthy and unhealthy is not only inaccurate, but it's also harmful. So what am I going to say instead? Before I tell you what I'm going to say instead, I just want to real quick make a quick apology to you before I tell you what I'm going to say. I am sorry if I have ever perpetuated any food fear in you by taking the easy way out and calling foods healthy right? I'm really sorry because I can see now how by just continuing to speak that way, it could continue to perpetuate fears in people and continue the stigma that certain foods are healthy and unhealthy, even if I've not believed that for quite a while. I've still been using that language for ease, and I'm sorry for that. And I also am sorry for any times I slip up and use this kind of language in the future because I'm not perfect and I know it'll take a while to kind of break that habit, Um, especially in day-to-day conversations with people at the gym, at, um, you know, my family members, and, and when people are just referring to foods that way all the time, I don't normally take the time to stop them and say, wait a second, and dive into everything I just dove into on this podcast. But 
that doesn't mean that I need to use the language myself, right? I think everybody's going to learn in their own time if they want to learn this information. Um, but I don't need to be using those words just so that other people understand what I'm saying. I can use different language. So I'm sorry. <laughs> and we're all just growing here, okay? I just want to let you know, too, that if you are new to this space, imperfection is welcome. Mistakes are welcome. Apologizing for your mistakes is welcome, are welcome, is welcome, are welcome, IDK. Um, and really just like being okay with being a human and being okay with evolving and changing and, and saying, hey, this is who I used to be and this is who I am now is okay. <laughs> In fact, it's like one of my favorite things. Love me some personal growth. Okay, so anyways, I just wanted to apologize to you and thank you so much for understanding. Um, and what am I going to say instead of calling foods healthy and unhealthy? I am going to describe the food accurately. <laughs> so what is the food, right? Is it protein? Is it a carbohydrate? Is it a fat? Is it a fruit? Is it a vegetable? Does it have micronutrients? Does it have macronutrients? Is it nutrient dense, right? What is the name of the food? I will just describe food in ways that are accurate, not putting any kind of judgment on it, right? Fattening, healthy, unhealthy, clean, unclean, dirty, you know, all these kinds of words put judgment on the foods and therefore put judgment on ourselves when we're eating the foods. So that is how I will now describe foods in an accurate manner. So what is the point of this podcast? Why did I take 40 minutes of my day to talk about two words, healthy and unhealthy? Well, the point is to help you realize there's no morality in food and most of it is just created as a marketing scheme, right? And there's no doubt that there are foods that are more nutrient dense, there are foods that are more and less calories, right? But what it's really about is moderation and eating things in a balanced way, right? I want to help you see that moderation matters more for overall health than elimination, right? Um, and I want to make moderation sexy in 2021. Do you think I can do it? I really want to do it. I really want moderation to be like the new cool sexy thing, like intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting was like the new cool sexy thing and still kind of is, what if we make moderation the new sexy thing that like everybody wants to do? How awesome would that be? If you're on board, then just let me know. Drop me an drop me an Instagram message and let me know if you're on board. Do you think moderation is sexy? Maybe I can convince you to if you keep listening to this podcast. But if you're struggling to stop looking at foods as healthy and unhealthy, one thing that you can do is to start focusing on what you can add in instead of take away. So what are things that you've been calling unhealthy and how can you add them back into your diet, right? Cookies, bread, um, can you focus on even adding in more foods that are just like just adding in all kinds of food, proteins, carbs, fats, vegetables, fruits, cookies, bread, donuts, everything. They all have a healthy place in a healthy diet, right? Did I just, I just said healthy diet and that like kind of, you know, reverse the whole point of this podcast. But hey, that's what we do here on Vibrancy Radio. Welcome. <laughs> but anyways, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want 
more information like this um, and you want to make Moderation Sexy in 2021, follow me on Instagram at brightlightchels. You can find it in the show notes. And again, please rate, subscribe, review. I am so thankful for your ratings, subscribes, subscribes, and reviews. Anyways, I hope you guys have a beautiful day and I will see you next time on Vibrancy Radio. Toodaloo!